know Your ass better call somebody Hey, hey, what do you say? It's time! It's time! Ball Junk, episode 13! It's the Gas Man, it's Frankie Knuckles. Frank, how's it going? It is going amazing. I'm so excited. I have to say, Super Bowl's on Sunday, and this year more than ever, I think, I've been getting into the hype, hysteria, Deflategate. Added on top of that, my coworker is going to the Super Bowl. So we've been talking Whoa. about it all week, and he is a diehard Seattle Seahawks fan. Oh, my so, God. He's going to be disappointed. Ah, uh, we'll get to that for sure. But he, uh, so we've been, you know, talking back and forth, what we think, all these different angles. It, it's just been all Super Bowl all week. I'm, well, I am dialed in. It's 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 very exciting. It's going to be the most watched television event in history because yes. the buildup for this thing has been insane. Mm-hmm. There's so many things to, to factor into this game. It's not just two teams going head to head for. The Super Bowl, there's a lot of other factors behind this thing. There's tons of news stories. There's tons of controversies. Uh, there's everything. And we're going to talk about it on this show. You're goddamn right we are. To get everybody ready for Super Bowl, what number is it? 51? 50. 49? 49? I don't know, to be honest. We, I don't care. Okay. I don't know, though. I don't remember. I wish... Super Bowl it is. It doesn't really matter. It's a bunch of letters after the words bowl, right? That's all that really matters. But yeah, so it's very exciting. Um, neither one of us really have a vested interest in either one of the teams. The Seahawks are definitely my NFC team. Oh, they are? If I had one, yes. Oh, I see. I like them the most because of their lime green. Yeah, that's a And their new jerseys push it over the top. But uh, yeah, I like them quite a bit. Okay, I'll be rooting for them, regardless of my prediction. Right. I have I have no issues with any of the Seattle Seahawks. I just like Pete Carroll just bugs me. Yeah, he bugs me a little bit. Yeah, he's like he's a little raw raw for me. You know, but I've I've grown. I wear khakis. He wear he wear he wears khakis. You know, I feel like he copied me. I've grown to like him though. He, yeah. He, yeah. At first, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, compared to Belichick, he's a sweetheart. It's it all goes back to the that Monday night game against Green Bay with the with the substitute referees yeah. and just the way he celebrated, knowing full well that they totally stole the win and didn't actually deserve to win that game. It's just the way he reacted to it, like threw his fist in the air, like, like, like he orchestrated the whole thing. Like he was the reason that they won that game, or he was just happy. Yeah, I don't know. He just rubbed me the wrong way at that time. I'm trying to remember what would his context have been when he celebrated. Um, what highlights have, would he have even seen a replay other than the the jumbotron and stuff? Do you think he had people? Oh, I'm uh, sure they were in his ear saying. Yeah. There's no way this is going to count. <laughs> yeah, so maybe he was just surprised. Nah, maybe. They're all telling him it's over. Don't worry, you lost. And so, yeah, I just, I, just I, a I guttural remember. response from Mr. Carroll. And, uh, and even though, you know, uh, the, the Patriots are, you know, in our division, you know, and routinely beat up on our teams 
year in and year out. You know, I mean, yeah, sometimes we split the season series, but they the Patriots are a lot better than the Dolphins, and they're a lot better than the Bills. And they cheat all the time. Oh, so Let's get into that's it. What we're gonna get. <laughs> we might as well. Everyone, sure. We're a little late, as usual, but it's not that late. It's no. still out there. So let's deflate gate. Get right into it. I'm loving it. I've been talking about oh, it. Dude, this is, it's, it's a fantastic story. Although, like, I, I, just, I think it's just like it's an insane non-story to me. Oh, I'm the exact opposite. This is cheating the only way you can cheat in the NFL. <laughs> you can't actually cheat. You can't put... You know, an extra guy on the field, they'll, they'll catch it 12 men. The rest are too good. You, that's, this proves how good you have to be at cheating to do this. <laughs> First of all, now a new story is coming out. I just saw stuff today that, oh, the refs just checked the balls for feel before, right? That, how does that make the Patriots innocent in any way? They probably recognize that that's all, the refs are incompetent. No argument there. That's how they check the balls immediately. Light bulb, Bilicek's head. Uh, if they're going to not really check the balls, that's our chance. They're going to screw up. And he took advantage. That's what the guy does. He is a born liar and cheater. He's a scumbag. And <laughs> I think you're thinking way too no, much no, no, into no. it. This guy thinks about everything. He cares so much. He is a, I bet he's the biggest prick in the world. They have, they've offered up all the video footage. Like the, they've offered up phone records for all their employees. And, they have, and there's, there's nothing yeah, there. Except that the ball boy knows fill the, fill the balls up to a bit less. So where's the actual video of him filling the balls with air? If he, he's been instructed to fill them a bit less forever, presumably see the fumble stats. No, I, I'm pretty see sure the fumble stats since 2006. I'm pretty sure they they're, the Patriots are are given their balls and then like already inflated. I think they're saying that he no, took no, air no. out. No, at some point, that's what I thought that they were. The saying. balls are not given to them inflated. They prepare their own balls, and this is something. Well, I, I guess we, it really doesn't matter that he either didn't inflate them up or he took air out. But I guess that doesn't way. really matter. But if he's inflating them at some point during the week and he knows, I'll do it a bit less. Rest on check and fill little less than you normally would, which you've done for the past 10 but years. So many like other NFL players around said, yeah, that's, that's, you know, everybody does it. Mm, I haven't heard that. I've heard people say it's not that I've, big a deal. Tons of quarterbacks have come and say that it happens all the time. Okay. Let's go back a little bit. Here. Okay. Now, first let's say I didn't know the rules up until last week. Okay. I was shocked to find out that each team provides their own set of 12 balls. That was real weird. Isn't that, was, that, that was weird. Which started in 2006 or around then because the Mannings, and I, maybe I'm lumping Tom Brady in and it's not true. They liked their ball a certain way, weathered, kind of torn asunder. So they allowed the, a certain provisions for prepping the balls and getting them worn in to the way the quarterbacks like. All right. Ridiculous premise. Use the same balls for everyone. Well, okay, that that's the NFL's fault. First of all, that they agreed. They opened the door. <laughs> agreed. And what you open that door, a sliver, and lots of people are Belichick's going to get his greasy little finger. There is a lube it up and just slide it in. There is a one open. player in the NFL that's never tugged on a jersey or grabbed a face mask or poked somebody in the eye when they were on the ground trying to get away with something. Everybody has 
something that they will do to try to get that little bit of an advantage. Correct. And in some cases, that is, and in most cases, that is within the eyes of the officials. And sometimes they'll get caught. And so are the balls. And it's on camera. Okay. But they can review that stuff. The, re- the league review stuff after the fact, hands out suspensions, evaluate certain players. If they knew that the refs were incompetent when it came to checking these balls and it was uh, a gap or a loophole in the officiating and rule books, it's the first place they're going to go. You don't go to something they check every week. You go to something you know they're shit at checking. <laughs> like, that's how it works. I, again, I, I think you're giving them you're way too ca- much credit. If you're going to case a joint for a robbery, you don't pick the hardest time to go in and rob it. You pick the easiest time and you pick all the, the things to your advantage when you do it. It's so cheating. I don't even care about the history of Deflategate. And people who say, what's the big deal? The ball's a little less inflated. Nothing could be more ridiculous. No, but but every team that, probably does it. The Patriots are just the first team to get caught. No. Yeah, how do you know? How do you know that no other team has ever done that? Tons of quarterbacks come on saying, yeah, it happens all the time. Okay, well, let's take the game in question. Did the other team do that in that game? No. How do you know? Because they checked their balls too at halftime. <laughs> so what else do you have other than... They followed the rules and they didn't. And that's all there is to it. Right. There's, there's rules. Now, on top of that, no, but this it, argument is the one I hate the most. All right. The most. Well, they killed them anyway. They beat them by 40. It didn't matter if the balls were inflated. Anyone who plays sports knows that is a bullshit answer. Because I'll tell you what, the ball's too hard and the first pass of the game hits off someone's fingers and it's intercepted. Changes the game completely. You cannot look back at a game and say it wouldn't have mattered because it might have mattered. And that's all that matters in sports. Well, okay. Um, I, I, I get Baltimore being upset. Baltimore, I think, would have a legit reason. I don't think the Colts did. The Colts scored seven points. That's it. I mean, uh, the, the, the deflated balls had nothing to do with the Patriots' defense. It does, though. Every play matters. Just look at the but, but the, but the... but the Patriots' defense were playing with the Colts' balls. So it had nothing to do with deflated balls. Their defense held the Colts to seven points. The defense is, uh, I don't disagree. Actually, the seven points came off of an interception anyway. Right, yeah, because the guy could hold on to it. Right, right, so the the Colts offense had zero game. (laughs) Right, but it's not necessarily, first of all, a deflated ball benefits the offense way more than the defense. Well, sure, but but I'm just saying that the, the Patriots defense and the Colts offense had regulation footballs. Regulation and the, and the and the and the and the Colts offense had zero points, right? But so you like, understand what I'm saying? That, On the first play, what could have been a touchdown is now no longer a touchdown. There's we cannot deny there's momentum in sports. Things can happen. Playing with a, a lead versus playing from behind are two totally different things. Well, yes, and again, and, and from, one play from, can make all the difference in from, that. That's from sports. Baltimore's perspective, sure. But yeah. like the, the the Colts, like no way. Disagree completely. The first play of the game could have been a fumble and a touchdown for the Colts if the balls were properly inflated. Everything changes. And I'm not saying that's right, and I'm not saying that's what would have happened. But I'm just saying it could have happened. But what about the fact that with the the deflated balls, uh, uh, Brady was like, he was like, what, for 10 for 21 uh, with the with the, the lousy balls, and, and they had no touchdowns. In the second half, when they had the regular balls, he was like 14 for 16 with touchdowns. I don't think they changed balls at halftime. They just checked them. You know, yeah, then then they, they checked them, and they were like, these are they, they gave them different balls to use. I'm, I'm not so I'm sure about that. almost positive they did. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I think they just checked it and noted it, and that was it. I no. could be wrong. I don't know that aspect. I'm not going to. I'm pretty sure they changed the balls. Regardless, 
the stats been out. Patriots by far the least fumbling team in the league substantially since you were since you the team provided their own balls by far like double. Well, what is that? Well, what does that have to do with anything? Because when it's when it's uh, less inflated, it's so much easier to tuck it in and apply pressure. It's so much harder to force a fumble. It's well, literally well. If if it's if you can squeeze it, then it's easier for it to squeeze out. Not at all. Well, sure it is. No, no, no. When the ball's harder, it's slit. It's harder to compress it against, and it's easier to punch out. Come on. I disagree completely with you. A less inflated ball out. Well, you know who agrees with me? Jerome Bettis, Mark <laughs> Brunel, like. Yeah, football yeah. players. Yeah, so does um, what's his name? Who just retired from uh, Baltimore? Ray Lewis. Yeah, Ray Lewis. He agrees with you too. I don't think anyone would deny that it's easier to hold on to a less inflated ball. Anyone? Well, I'm just saying, but like, and anything could happen with any kind of ball at any time. Certain things happen more. You know what's interesting? Play with a fully inflated ball and see how many more drop passes there are. How many more fumbles there are? That's how much inflation matters. I'm, I'm not even kidding. This is I'm. This is not me trying to play contrarian to you. I truly believe. Well, this. I understand, but there's no proof that they did it before that game. The stats tend well, to favor that case. Well, that does, there's now, zero proof, and all those. Of course, inter- there's zero proof, and that's why they cheated that yeah, way because but, they could never prove it otherwise. All those interceptions that Tom Brady ever ever threw, not one defensive player caught the ball. Said, "Hey, wait a minute, this is really soft." Just the one ball boy on the Colts noticed. You're telling me that in all those interceptions, not one player ever noticed that the balls were a little less inflated? Yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> when you're on defense, you're in the heat of the moment. You're, let's say you get a fumble or something. You're running. You're touch, You're ecstatic. I don't think you're like, oh, is this, how's this? What's, what's the deal? I've, I've never played defense on a football team before, so I, I don't know. But I, can't, I find it impossible to believe that not one player... And not one referee, and not one linesman or line judge or anything, in in the in the last nine years of the the Patriots uh, playing football games, picked up a ball and didn't notice that there was something wrong with it. Right, and that's why it's a margin of victory or a margin of cheating, and they do it just enough so you don't get caught. Do you know what the best part of it is? There's no proof of the pressures of these balls before games, in between. Like, it's something once you get caught, oh, there's your slap on the wrist. Okay, we won't do it again. But until then, you can't retroactively take anything away. So why wouldn't we cheat? I agree. It's a, it, to me, it's the same as teams <laughs> using stick'em, uh, all, all the dirty tricks you heard about in the past. And then once they get caught, they don't do it anymore. But so until you think then... it's completely acceptable in nine years of Patriots football games that not one other person ever noticed that the balls were a little deflated? Yes. Okay. I do. And maybe they that's just, an insane statement. And, may, and maybe they just do it when the stakes are higher. It could be just playoff games with the Patriots. No, well then, noticed. then the 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 lack of fumbles fact is, is completely irrelevant. Then, if they only do it in important games, you know what? That's a good counterpoint. And I still think they cheated. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're they're dirty. They'll do anything to win. And maybe all the team oh, and maybe all the teams do. And I'm being naive, but the fact of the matter is, they got caught doing it. Yeah. And you know what? There's probably a co- just a code between teams. You know, we all prepare our own balls. Sure, there's uh, little little differences here. Maybe they're not always up, but there's just an honor code between teams. We're gonna play football. Do our best. I think someone just made a mistake. There's, but, there's no way that handsome Tom Brady could lie like that. I would not. 
You want a handsome Tom Brady. He look, is handsome. Looked like he committed murder in his press conference. He was so bad at handling those questions. Well, <laughs> if, you, if that's not a guy who's lying or nervous, that I, uh, he's probably I don't think nervous. I, I think he was pretty upset over Belichick's um, press conference before him. I think sure. that's, what, that's what really upset him. I'm pretty sure that's what all he was thinking about. Was like, here's my coach who totally just threw me under the bus. Yeah. Because he, After I won him three Super Bowls. Belichick might say he won Brady three Super Bowls. <laughs> We, I might say the ball boy won them two simples. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows about these things? All I know is I hate the Patriots, and I could not wish up this upon a, a team I hate more. And I'm so happy. <laughs> and the NFL will not let them win the Super Bowl. They will not win. You don't think so, eh? This Super Bowl will be tarnished forever. How do you How do you think they're going to stop them from winning? It's fixed. <laughs> What's fixed? Football. Oh, everything is fixed? <laughs> In ways, yeah. They can, they can influence the game completely. They can make it but very... Why do, you, why do you spend money on season tickets if every game is fixed? No, it's still fun. Oh, my God. I just like the experience of going to games. <laughs> but I uh, there is... Dude, I can deep fry a turkey in your driveway anytime <laughs> you want me to. I do think there is a shadiness to the sport. I, I, the same. You can call holding on every play. No, I, I, I think uh, I think the Patriots are a better team, but I don't think they're going to win. I just think there's too much distraction. I do, and, too. And they're going to be totally like second-guessing themselves on every play. And I think Seattle just really needs to play some good defense and score maybe three touchdowns. Well, when we recorded episode 500 of Film Junk, the Seahawks-Green Bay game was happening and the comeback right before right. we started. And... The fact that Seattle played so bad in the first half and came back to win, to me, that was the best thing that could have happened to them. They got the ultimate wake-up call in the first half. They had been riding high the whole season, and it's mm -hmm. like, you think you're amazing? This is what could happen. You better take some air out of those balls for the second half, or else this is over. Goal, that fake field goal was insane. Well, this Bill Simmons made this point in this podcast, and it couldn't be more true if you're playing video games against someone and you think that, like, I always, I never can't feel goal. I always fake everything. Right, right. So when someone's playing in Madden, they know. Just pick a prevent defense or something or pick pick a defense. Because, first of all, it's pretty hard to block kicks. And at that point, if you're the Packers, it'd be nice if they miss the kick. But what you really don't want is a touchdown. Under no. So, you know Throwing what? from your field goal kicker. Give them the three points. Just play defense. It's it's so ridiculous. That's terrible. Mike yes. McCarthy should have been fired the next day. Um, with his helmet on, that the the guy that threw the touchdown pass looked a little like Jim Gaffigan. Hmm, a little bit. Same shape too. <laughs> Canadian, right? Yes, I think yeah. he is. So I I am pretty excited for the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be. I I think uh, I think it's going to be a close game though. See, I I don't. I, you don't think so? It's not going to be a blowout again like the game against Denver. Yeah, I think, you think so? so. I'm preparing my bets. I think I'm going to put 100 bucks just spread Seahawks. 25 or 50, they win by 14. 25, they win by 21 or more. And then I'm still going to bet that the Patriots win by 14 or more, I think. Right. I do think it's going to be a blowout either way. I think, uh, I, think I heard that uh, in the Patriots... Um, six Super Bowl appearances with Tom Brady. Yes. Um, the point margin was four points or less in every game. 
Yeah, I think so. Well, the other stat is they've never covered when they won. Right. So if, if they were favorites and won the Super Bowl, they've never covered the spread. In which case, it's now either one or a pick em, So I would. I hope it's not a blowout because it's less fun to watch. I would much rather see a close game. And I, I don't particularly care who wins the game, but uh, I would much rather see an exciting close game. Well, that's the way. I, I mean, because because the Denver game, although it was really funny to watch, you know, Manning. I loved it. Fumble and stumble around, but. Um, it got to a point where it, you know when you knew the game was already over, it just it wasn't all that exciting to watch the game. I was more looking forward to commercials. Yeah, I, I mean, in a way, my extreme win bets. Worst case, I lose both. Maybe the Seahawks win and I get a close game, right. break even, whatever. I don't care. I would like a good game too. Well, sure. <clears throat> Are you going to a Super Bowl party? Yeah. Will there be Ever. women there? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Not to my knowledge. What do you think of uh, of Richard Sherman's injury and the other? Um, who's the other Seattle player with the injury? The other defensive. Uh, Rich is it Richardson? Or? There's Richard Sherman and I can't remember who the other guy is. But they're both remember. injured, right? So this is how little like everything I talk about the Super Bowl is deflating. <laughs> yes. I don't actually know things that might matter. Oh, yeah. Richard Sherman's for the hurt. Super Bowl. He's, he's fine. He's playing. And, uh, well, of course he's going to play. And uh, I think there are other, um, the opposite guy that plays uh, across from Sherman, I think he's hurt as well. So uh, they're thinking that, uh, you know, Brady's going to pick on those guys because they're hurt and might not be at their best. So there's there's that story. Then there's the Marshawn Lynch story. He is the greatest. It's hilarious. I'm here because I don't want to get fined. <laughs> like, it's pretty funny. I'm sure answering the, every question with the exact same. I'm phrase. sure the joke was written for Katy Perry today, but that was what she said at her press conference. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh, of course. Which is kind was. of funny. Yeah, I'm sure someone told her to say that. Yeah. Either way, it's funny. Yeah. And if she came up with it, more props to her. Are you excited about the halftime show? Do you bet any? Make any bets on halftime songs? No, no. I, I'm, I, not, I'm not too excited about this. Um, I was not excited about Bruno Mars, but I thought he was fairly entertaining last year. Yeah, I don't know. I've never, even the bands I like, are never that impressive at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It just sounds kind of weird. It does sound weird. I'm and more the people on the are on the field like that just seems so fake. I'm I'm really more interested to see a cool stage design lighting or I'm sure you are. If they come up with yeah. some, some cool tricks, costumes, gimmicks, whatever, anything that's a cool idea when you have a crowd that big, but the music performances themselves the Katy are, Perry wardrobe are pretty much useless. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Who's singing the anthems? Do we know that? I don't actually. No. That's always good too. Who do you I'm kind of curious do? now. Gordon Lightfoot. Who would I like to see? Sing? Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dick Simmons. Maybe Richard Marks. That's who I would like. Are you Googling to see who's singing the anthems? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Oak Ridge Boys. Edina Menzel. Oh, yeah. Adele Dazim. Yeah. <laughs> Which I want. That's the so funny. Wickedly talented. <laughs> Adele Dazim. So good. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, she'll I don't th- let, maybe she'll fit Let It Go somewhere in the middle of the national anthem. Well, I think there's been some speculation at halftime, maybe. That she's going to come up with Katy Perry? And sing that. Yeah, that'd be awful. The kids love it. They do. They love that Frozen. So 
you are predicting Seattle to win by a large margin. Yes. I'm going to say 14 points. And you're looking forward to them them winning. Absolutely. Right. Could not be more excited. Now, would you be more excited if they won by like 35 or if they won on the last play of the game? 35. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I'll win more money. Oh, right, right. (laughs) That's that's what's important. It is. Right. Go Hawks. Hmm? Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks. Seahawks, yes. Right. Yeah, you do love that bird. And I hate the Patriots, so yeah, it's pretty good. obvious. And I know, they cheat. You know, <laughs> um, They've I, cheated before, like it, Spygate. Like that's cheating. I'm not saying it's egregious cheating. It's still cheating, and this is just the stuff they get caught on. Hello. It's just it's called taking an advantage. Yeah, of rules, aka <laughs> cheating. <laughs> Well, I mean, clearly the 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 inflating of the football rule was very lax and and nobody ever seemed to care about it. Well, until now. Timing's a bitch. 9 years of uh, deflating footballs and no one seemed to notice or care before. And then that's just uh, it's just crazy. Hmm? They haven't won. I, I don't know that. I'm done. I'm cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can't cut that out. I'm cutting that out. You can't cut it out. Oh, I'm going to cut everything out. <clears throat> Tighten it up. <laughs> this is what makes the show good. You know? So what's your prediction and final score? Mm, 31-17. <clears throat> Sorry, say that again. 31-17. 31-17 Seahawks. Seahawks. All right. You? I'm going to go. Oh, so first of all, this was your Super Bowl matchup originally? I'm pretty sure it was. And who did you pick to win? Patriots. You got to stick to that. Well, of course I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to go 42-25. I 42-24. I'll go with that. I was, still would win my other bet. Yes. Oh, yeah? No matter how... Whether you're right or I'm right, I win money. Good. Yippee. Like a, a, a substantial amount no. of money? Oh. No. A couple hundred bucks. That's, that's something. I'll take it. Sure. That's uh, it's a good night at a bar. It's a couple of good nights oh, at wow. my bar. Know, I'm not sure how much you drink, so. Oh, just a local dive. That's... Oh. All right. So that's it for the Super that's Bowl. That's it for the Super it Bowl. For Deflate Gate. Um. Yeah. All right. So you want to talk Foxcatcher? Let's do it. Do a little uh, mini review, I guess, of of the film because you already talked about it on on the on on the film. Yeah, it wasn't podcast. fully reviewed. So oh no, it wasn't. No. Just some brief discussions. So you hadn't all seen it when you talked about it, or yeah, we saw it at different times. Oh, I see. Yeah, and then uh, so you never actually had a full discussion Correct. on it. So um, <clears throat> for those of you who are unaware, Foxcatcher. It's a new movie directed by Bennett Miller, who uh, directed Moneyball, which I thought was awesome. As did I. So I was very excited to see uh, Bennett Miller directing another sports movie. Um, interesting cast with Channing Tatum and uh, Steve Carell. You know, um, um, Channing Tatum has done, you know, dramatic stuff before, but Steve Carell, nothing quite like this. So I wasn't sure what to expect, and uh, and Mark Ruffalo, um, he's usually 
good in pretty much anything he does. Um, all right, so uh, Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo play brothers, Mark and David Schultz, uh, who are Olympic wrestlers. Um, this is based on a true story. So uh, Mark and David Schultz are uh, the only two brothers uh, to both win Olympic gold medals and world championships in amateur wrestling. And uh, uh, Mark Schultz was the, the champion in the 84 Olympics in Los Angeles. And uh, as um, the the next Olympics come up, um, he's approached by a man named John DuPont, who is uh, a member of one of the wealthiest families in the United States. And he um, uh, appears to be, you know, like really motivated and making the u.s uh olympic wrestling team successful and so he he offers a, a a wonderful place to train and brings mark in and they develop a kind of a strange relationship as the movie goes on and and it's basically all about uh, the time in between um i think it starts in like 19 late 1984 after he's he's won the, the gold medal and continues up until the next world championship and then the training into the, the 88 Olympics um, is where, you know, kind of the movie hits its um, main point towards uh, the end of the film. I think it gets the Olympics too. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. And then a little bit past, but that's the, you know, the, the 80 Olympics is kind of the pinnacle of the movie. Um, some crazy stuff happens to, towards the end of the movie and it did surprise me. I mean, I kind of knew, um, what happened because I was, I was familiar with Mark Schultz because he got into MMA, um, late in his career. So I was familiar with him and I was familiar with his brother. Um, I didn't quite know, um, how the climax of the film actually took place, but it was, um, very well filmed, very well acted. I thought it was a, a really good story. Um, suspenseful, gripping, intense and uh with a lot of really good acting performances yeah i loved it too i think in terms of the performances when i saw it the first time i felt like steve carell as john dupont was a little too one note i think i was focused or had the image from the trailer in my mind which is kind of a blank stare almost and uh ominous and creepy and then I had watched some documentary footage afterwards and videos he had put out where he's really personable and just didn't quite seem like that guy. But on a set, on a rewatch, there are a lot more times being conscious of that where he is smiling and is a little more person, personable and maybe I just wasn't looking for it the right way. I, th- I felt the his performance in particular was better on a rewatch. And I know people have been praising Mark Ruffalo and I agree, but I, I do think Channing Tatum is... Oh, I love I'd, Channing Tatum. He, I'd say he's a star, and I think his performance is a little unsung. I, I think, I think of a lot of... Um, and I hope it starts to change, but I think a lot of people um, don't give Channing Tatum the credit he deserves because of some of the movies that he's he's been in and the type of actor that uh, people like perceive him to be. But when you look at his performances in this and in Magic Mike, and in um, what was the one with um, Jude Law and Catherine Zeta-Jones and Rooney Mara? Side effects? Side effects. 
He was really good in that. And then he was good in that one with Julian Carano as well. Haywire. Haywire. Yeah, I mean, you're much better at these remembering I think there's a, one I. other one, too. I thought he was really good. And I th- maybe the thing about Steve Carell that you were, was his crazy non-eyebrows and giant prosthetic nose that he wears. Yeah, it was more his vibe. He puts off this <laughs> creepy vibe, and I, that's all I could see. I got, I got past the makeup stuff pretty quickly, and I think it does impair maybe what I know in my mind. I know it's Steve Carell. And I know how Steve Carell smiles, and I just know what that person is like. And I didn't see this guy's version of smiling, or it seemed like a grumpier attitude. So it was tough to pick out the subtleties to his emotion the first time for me. I even liked how Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo like walked like gorillas. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. And all the the wrestling scenes are fantastic. Yeah. I I had mentioned my favorite scenes are the helicopter scene. With the cocaine. Right. Uh, him making repeat the speech words. Uh, what was the other one I really liked? I can't remember. There's a few, there's a few though. And I... I, I, I liked... Uh, like uh, There was just uh, one simple scene where Mark and Dave were, were training together. Yeah, the beginning the of the movie. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. But I I love, love the the set design in, these, in this film. Right. <laughs> like, uh, Dave... Uh, Mark Schultz's apartment, the look of Foxcatcher Ranch. Like when you're talking period pieces, especially from the eighties, I think it's easy to become a bit cliche or tip your hat that this is the eighties. I think this walked the perfect line of recreating that era. And I mean, the Foxcatcher Ranch is a character in the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I feel, and I just love it. And it look it, the, the cinematography does nothing but help that. And the look of the film. Yeah, no, and it's true, and it uh, like it it felt like the nineteen eighties, you know, and, and but they didn't need to have Michael lo- Jackson or Lover, it Lover, Lover Boy cranked or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. Ding, 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 exactly, well, it's just working you, for the weekend. They you didn't know, need that. it's it's perfect. Even he's playing that little handheld video game, and just everything about it was amazing. And seeing documentaries, how close the training area was, how how perfect the recreation was was pretty astounding i think that has a lot to do with ben miller though. i think so too. his his attention to detail is is pretty good yeah i haven't seen did you ever see capote his other movie i did when it came out i didn't see that one i remember being really good i would like to rewatch it but uh yes so uh if uh, we should say if there's not that this should detract someone from watching the movie but <clears throat> if you're expecting a sports movie it's not quite That's that. not what that no. is. There's, no, it's, there's aspects of sport and the psychology of sports. In and, the same way that Moneyball is not exactly a baseball movie. Sure. You know, it's not really a sports movie, but there's sports in it. Yeah. Oh, I remember the other scene I love, which is uh, when Channing Tatum or Mark Schultz kind of falls off the wagon, mm-hmm. so to speak, and in the at, the tri- at the trials. Yeah. yeah and. That D- Davey Schultz bringing him, uh, oh, yeah. bringing him back up. Oh, bringing him back. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. That was good. Um, and Sienna Miller was unrecognizable. I didn't even realize that was her. Yeah, I mean, she's an American sniper as well. Yes, completely and, different. And a hundred times better in this than American sniper. I don't think yeah, she's I would, very... I would agree, too. She had less to do in this, though. Yeah, I, I was not crazy about her performance in American sniper. Right. Uh but the other thing on a rewatch, like just the dynamics of the characters, the, the idea of Steve Carell's character, what he represents, like an outcast who has no no friends, mm-hmm. no one to love him, is 
resents his family. His family resents him. He's just a person you could see having issues and throw in the fact that they have that much money and need to find something to motivate them or to stand out. It's just such an interesting character to focus on. Like it's fantastic. I can't think of any other character like that quite the same in a movie. No, 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 no. It was, um, um, but yeah, I think it has a lot to do with his, uh, performance and, um, just, um, a, a good story to tell with a lot of interesting people associated with this that not a lot of people that ever really heard of. But again, you know, that's, that's Ben Miller, you know, he likes to, uh, dig deep. Yeah. I think he had said at one point he had a rough cut of the film, which was four hours. No, oh, well, I would like to watch that. <laughs> and he said, uh, he said, I, I was pretty happy with it because <laughs> it was a director's round table and they were saying, Oh, you get that first cut, like just for flow. And you're like, yeah, this looks really bad. And he was saying, well, when I, I first did my four-hour cut, I'm, I was pretty pleased. <laughs> we like, ended up I, being, what, 215? Yeah, about 220? Yeah. Something like that. Less, so it's, um, um, it's it's not a difficult watch. It's it's never slow. Um, like, I was glued um, to it the entire time. You know, I didn't even I didn't even want to pause it to go take a piss. You know, I was that involved in this movie. Did you piss your pants? No, I just held it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. No, I did not soil myself. You know, Too bad. this time. All right. So, should we give our final rating? I give it two balls. I give it two balls as like, well. Two balls, way up, way up. <laughs> Full two balls. Highly, highly recommend uh, you go see Foxcatcher. So, is there anything else coming out? Sports movies in the next little while. I mean, there is. Um, Isn't there one with another one with Kevin Costner? Oh, Jesus, probably. There's a football one that McFarland, just... USA. Is that it? Oh, a cross country uh, racing coach. <coughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Are you sense. ready? Yeah. <laughs> There's a football one that just came out, too. I don't know it. Yeah. We'll keep our eye out. We'll keep our eyes open for uh, something else. I still think we should do like a show where we, we uh, I, I mentioned this on Twitter once where we talk about the major league franchise. I think so too. I, I, think, th- I think that'd be a good show. I you was, guys aren't planning on doing that for film junk, are you? Uh, I don't know. I doubt, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah. You doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it too. So, so <laughs> we'll handle it. It's that. in the realm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, the, the, that franchise is in, is in play. So, I mean, and it, I love it. Well, well sure. What are you looking at? Rick oh, Von yeah. Bobblehead. Ricky Von Bobblehead up there. So, um, yeah, you know, if you guys are interested in, in Frank and I doing a, like a major league podcast where we talk about four movies. Three or four. It's three we, or four. I don't know if we'd include the four. You it's know, like, send us some feedback, you know, tweet us, Ball Junk Podcast, um, or, or send us an email, balljunkpodcast at uh, gmail.com. Just let us know if, if that is something you guys want to do. I think I think we would both like to do it. And, you know, we want to do stuff that uh, you guys want to uh, listen to. For sure. All right. So should we get into some balls around the world? Absolutely. I got uh, three stories here um, that uh, I found that I thought uh, were worth talking about. Always get a a couple of good uh, soccer stories. Always. And it's there's just, there's something about European soccer... That like the craziest stuff just uh, seemed to happen and the strangest things ever. See, okay, so let's start with uh, a story about Manchester United. All right, to, 
you're a Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, right? Yes. So you would think that uh, being a season ticket holder, you would have advantages to things. Um, whether, uh, like maybe if there were, um, if there was going to be like a, a concert at Ralph Wilson Stadium, you know, maybe you'd, maybe you'd get. I was the first season ticket holders were the first people to have the opportunity to buy t- tickets for One Direction at Ralph there you Wilson go. Stadium. Uh, really, One Direction is playing there. Yes. Wow. And, and did so, you no, capitalize I, on that? I abstained, but I really appreciated the offer. Okay, so uh, Manchester United is doing something a little bit, uh, I would say, opposite to that. Basically, there's a, there's an FA Cup game against Cambridge uh, that's playing in the field where Manu plays. That's Manu was actually playing in that game. Um, they have actually threatened uh, their fans who are season ticket holders to suspend their tickets for a game if they don't purchase a seat to this FA Cup game for 50 pounds. Well, yeah, it's opposite. It's not what I thought you were going to say. Right. I thought you were going to say they've said they can't come. If you're a season ticket. No, they're saying if you don't pay more money to come to this game, you're not allowed to come to the next Manu uh, league game. Yeah, I don't think... See, uh, the reason I thought it was going to make sense, I was going to say, oh, maybe this makes sense, is because it's an FA Cup game where I think it's supposed to be played at a somewhat neutral location. Um, And maybe it would would be advantageous, obviously, that being their home stadium, to play there, but uh, apparently that's not the case, and they're encouraging people, well, threatening them, as you said, if they don't go. That's crazy. I think it's ballsy, and I like it. But, I mean, and I would imagine that most of the people would probably buy a ticket anyway. Yeah. Now they they did say that uh, there were there was uh, an exception that uh, uh, ticket holders who were uh, sixteen years and under did not have to uh, purchase the FA Cup ticket. How kind of them. Yeah. <laughs> They're thinking about the children. <laughs> wow. That's a good one. Yeah, that is good. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll do another uh, another soccer story. Have you ever watched um, um, any of the, the college football, uh, the NCAA college football, like pregame stuff? You know, they always do the, the show on Saturday afternoons, and it's always outside of one of the stadiums or one of the games is going to be played and they've got the setup with all the fans. Yeah, I think so. Outside. You know, sure. it's like an outside broadcast with the fans. So, um, uh, Sky Sports had a big uh, thing set up for like uh, the deadline day for, for transfers. Kind of like NHL trade deadline day. Yeah. Right? And uh, so, unfortunately, they've banned uh, fans from uh, <laughs> attending... Uh, being outside uh, of the broadcast because there have been too many interruptions involving <laughs> dildos, dildos and blow-up dolls. <laughs> and there's just two pictures in here that I have to show you. The first picture is someone waving a dildo in the face of the reporter. <laughs> and the second page, there's a giant blow-up doll being passed around behind them. It's <laughs> <laughs> not what I expected at all. That's a big dildo. Yeah, it is. It's adorable. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> See, you know, normally there's just like uh, uh, in the States, people just, you know, make faces and they wave and try to get themselves on TV. But uh, you don't get the sex toys and the blow up dolls and the dildos. I think my favorite part is the poll at the end of this article. <laughs> that fans are banned. It's what do you think of this news? Only fair? 
<laughs> is one option. The other one? You kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting poll options. You only get two choices. <laughs> uh, but nobody had voted yet on that no, poll. No. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck. But I, I laughed a hard time, a, a long time, when I saw that dildo being waved in front of that guy's face. It's big. It's a big dildo. Very funny stuff. All right, so let's move stateside for our last uh, uh, trip around the world with some balls. Not quite a ball story, more like an auto racing story. Are you familiar with the, uh, the NASCAR driver nicknamed The Outlaw? No. That's Kurt Busch. I'm familiar with Kurt Busch. I, did, I didn't know Bush. his nickname was yeah, the Outlaw. His nickname was The Outlaw. Um, he's had some legal trouble lately. He's, uh, he was allegedly um, uh, had uh, assaulted his, uh, his girlfriend. So uh, during the court proceedings, um, uh, <laughs> Kurt Busch, The Outlaw, testified uh, that he believes his ex-girlfriend is a trained assassin who is dispatched on covert missions around the world testified in court he said everybody on the outside can tell me i'm crazy but i lived on the inside and saw it firsthand <laughs> uh he said his girlfriend repeatedly asserted her assassination assassin status and claimed the work took her on missions across central and south america and africa he recounted one time when the couple was in el paso he said she left in camouflage gear only to return wearing a trench coat over an evening gown covered with blood <laughs> A day earlier, he said his ex-girlfriend told him she was a mercenary who killed people for a living and had shown him pictures of bodies with gunshot wounds. I'm a, I kind of believe him. Well, it's crazy that he would testify about this in court. And, what, and this is a terrible assassin who is just telling everybody she knows <laughs> that she does this. There's two things wrong with that. So I, I'm a little confused. What was he in court for? Uh, assaulting her and this was his defense okay yeah i mean just because she's a mercenary doesn't mean he has the right to no strike that's true her. he was saying that it didn't happen and he was the one that was in in fear for his own safety clearly if he's alive she loves him well, she yes. could kill him at, she would at any point in, time. Him in his sleep many moons ago but i just like i think he's working against his own case here if i was his legal counsel I would have advised a different approach. I just like the detail of his story, though. She left in camouflage and returned wearing a trench coat covering an evening gown soaked <laughs> in blood. Kurt Busch. But do you think it was just a red evening gown? Could have been. Could be. I just think that is an insane story. It is. And uh, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't heard of that. That's true. I tweeted about it. I guess you don't follow uh, the ball do. Twitter account. No, I do. You just don't pay attention. Maybe. Maybe. It's a cover-up. It could be. And every Maybe time she is a trained assassin. It, it just disappears. Maybe we should edit this part out of the podcast. <laughs> I don't want to die. No. Uh, do you want to get into sack time? I do. Well, before we get into sack time, sure. a couple things I wanted to mention. Oh, okay. Number one. Yes. People might ask if we didn't mention this. Okay. Unless there's a sack time. Warn me now. Kobe Bean Bryant? There's a, there's a, there's a gas pedal thing about okay, it. Okay, but just... I don't know if this is what the gas pedal's about either, but the fact that his season ended mm -hmm. against the Pelicans. the Pelicans. No, that that wasn't the point of the gas pedal, but yes, his season did end. He could have played Pelicans. his hopefully his last game ever. It's not against be his last the Pelicans. Game. Anyway, that's what he gets for That's what he gets. That's what he gets. For being one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> I just thought it was an ironic or a, a coincidence, a funny coincidence. Against the team that drafted him, the franchise that drafted him. That's right. 
they uh they must have really um he must really be injured. Yeah. Um because uh I think it would take a lot for him to go. I mean, he was shooting left-handed the rest of that game. <laughs> went one for two. <laughs> he also had a game where he went 3 for 19, something like that. Earlier. Is that the same game that he got 17 assists? No. That was impressive. Sure. <laughs> 17 assists. All, Pretty good. Also impressive for different reasons is going 3 for 19. Sure. You know, who else is going to take those shots? Two sides. You know, it's just, he's uh, so many great moments and so many. I feel bad because they're playing ones. the Bulls tonight and Swaggy P isn't even playing. Oh, God. They got nobody on that court. That's got to be part of an influence to get the surgery. I would If think anything, so. yeah. they're looking at next year already. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like they're co- he's coming back next year. Um, you know, there's no way they're making the playoffs. No. He's the, gonna the come West back. is insane. You know, they'll have a good draft. They'll probably finish in the bottom five, so it'll be protected. Um, Julius Randle will be back. Can he still win Rookie of the Year? Next year? Yeah. Yeah. Because he hasn't Blake, played any. Blake did it when he. Oh, that's right. It. Yeah, yeah, So. I know. don't know if there's a condition for how many games, if he's over it or not. Well, he wouldn't be. He didn't even play a regular season game. Yeah, he did. No, he played preseason only. Randall? Yeah. No, he got injured in the regular season. Did he? Yeah. One must have been one of the first games of the season. It was early, but yeah. 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 Okay. I didn't think he actually played at all. Um, you know, maybe Kevin Love will be there. I think Kevin Love is out of Cleveland for sure. Could be. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Maybe we'll just do a quick talk about the NBA. Sure. I'm surprised that Cleveland hasn't quite figured it out yet. Maybe that David Blatt's a horrible coach. Yeah, they're they're getting there. They're getting there. Very I, I still don't think they're amazing. No. They're not. They're not the team I thought they'd be, that's for sure. Uh, I still, I, I think, I mean, I, I don't know what to think about the Hawks because they're insane. Um, I think the Bulls could still beat the Cavaliers in seven games. I don't think the Raptors or the Wizards could beat LeBron four times. Um, and I really, I still, I just don't know what to think about the Hawks. They're just a really strange ano- anomaly that I didn't quite expect them to be this good. Yeah, I think the Hawk or uh the Wizards <clears throat> could have a chance just because of Paul Pierce. Right. I feel like he'd give him a locker room edge. The Raptors don't have that. No. No. Uh they're in the downswing. Yes. Not not surprising. No. No. Uh they, they overachieved early. I still think they're good. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean they have to be a good team to have done as well as they did. Pelicans are pretty disappointing. Are they going to finish 500? Probably right around there. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Davis went down last night, and I almost cr- I was like, oh, it's over. Mm-hmm. But they are not fun to... Like, I always talk shit about Oklahoma City and Houston and all these teams that just play isolation basketball. Right. And that's what my team does now. Yeah. And it's not even their best player doing it. It's Tyreek Evans and Eric Gordon chucking up garbage. There's there's flashes of brilliance, and Anthony Davis has been amazing on offense. But on the whole, just not clicking as a team. No. They need to either get rid of the coach. <clears throat> get rid of Davis. Never. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they just that Eric Gordon contract is just killing them. Zen Davis to the Lakers will give you Boozer's expiring, Nash's expiring, and uh, we'll throw in Jeremy Lin. Hmm. 
I'll decline. Okay. On behalf of my team. All right. David Stern also declines. Or would veto the trade. He killed that franchise. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how well Paul and Kobe would have played together. I, I don't know yeah. if that would have been good or not. I don't right? know. Yeah, uh, but. Did you have any other NBA stuff you wanted to? Um, just um, the West is really fun to watch. Yeah. You know? And uh, uh, I think it's it's finally happening that the Spurs are slowing down. They, I don't think Kawhi's played most of the season. No, so. no. But uh, um, I would be really surprised if they made the finals again. Um, but you know, you can't really count them out. But uh, it's just it's been a fun season. I have zero interest in the All Star teams, the All Star game, any of the All Star stuff. Well. I'll use that as a transition, so to speak, because <clears throat> I watched the Pro Bowl and I watched the NHL All Star Weekend stuff. The NHL All Star Game was one of, was unwatchable. It is the worst. It's uh, the absolute worst. Now I don't follow hockey very much, but I like in an All Star Game there was guys I've never even heard of. I was, was like, who is well, it? Because they always have to have somebody represented <laughs> from every team, which is bullshit. There was a lot of players that. I have never heard of, and I follow hockey. Um, the, the teams were not separated by conference. They were drafted by the team captains, so there were players from the East and West playing on the same team, so the game means absolutely nothing. Nobody tried. Nobody gave a shit. Um, it's the more game about was them, slow. It's more about them talking to the goalies, Yeah, which is a kind of cool idea. But in execution, these guys just aren't interesting. You know, enough. maybe maybe if you were live at the game, it might be fun seeing all your seeing all the big NHL stars all together. But it was just unwatchable on television. And it was awful. The skills competition the night before, I can't even watch. Was that even shit. worse. I can't watch. It, it. It was. They had like these handheld cams for on the ice doing stuff. CBC. It's been going on for a while. The last. They should they've be given up. They they've should be embarrassed. Up. Yeah, they've given up completely. They're counting on the fact that we know who's going to watch this. We're not going to get anyone new. Hockey fans are going to watch it, and that's it. And we'll put in the bare minimum. It's totally mailed in. It's it's the worst. Yes, and it's absolutely embarrassing. Yep. And I was just going to say the NBA All Star Weekend is the only one that I actually find mildly entertaining. In that, people uh, at least. The games they play on Skills Night are interesting. There's some level of competition. Uh, there's tradition and history to all those games, and you can see who's won in the past. Records for, I think, keeping them consistent. Like NHL tries to change it every year to make it interesting, and in doing so, they abolish any history for it. Like, oh yeah, no. So I, I, they keep trying to gain viewers, and it just gets worse and worse. At every least, year. at least the NBA tries to change something here and there, but it's. Certain things you can count on, whether they're good that year or not, you know what you're getting. And what before you go on, yeah. what what was your honest opinion on the NHL All Star jerseys? I did not like them. They were fucking awful. They looked like Monster Energy drink sponsored yeah. everything. And I I think maybe they picked that fluorescent green because, or maybe it was closer to the yellow. I assumed it was. The original Blue Jackets had the fluorescent green eye. Maybe. And it was that color because it was in Columbus. Like, that was the tie to Columbus. 
terrible. I'm sure the people in Columbus enjoyed the weekend, but yeah, it was just it's it's the worst of the four All Star games. It's worse than the Pro Bowl now. The I'm Pro sure, Bowl used to be the worst. Yeah, the Pro Bowl was somewhat watchable, not amazing. I put it on the background; it was okay. But uh, this might be—I don't think I'd ever do this. But the Blue Jackets—it's like Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. You got to go North versus South, blue <laughs> blue versus gray. Maybe. I think it might be a controversial idea, but I'm in Canada versus the States. That's what the World Cup coming up is for. I guess. Speaking of the World Cup, do you hear about this shit that they're doing with the next World Cup of hockey? Oh, that they're doing it? Yeah. Well, not only the fact that they're doing it, but how it's set up with I the just, teams. I just know they're doing it in Canada. Right. Because we're the only com- country you'd pay so to go see it. There's, uh, there's Team Canada. There's Team U.S. There's Russia. There's Finland. Sweden. There's Sweden. And there's uh, the Czech Republic. Then there's Team Europe with the players from all the other countries who are already unrepresented. And the eighth team is a team made up of 23 and underage players from whatever country on one team. It's just the worst. That didn't, I'm assuming that didn't make the other teams. That's ridiculous. It's, it's dumb. It's taking advantage of Canadians' insatiable appetite for anything hockey. Yes, absolutely. It's just the worst idea. It's a cash, bra- cash grab from Canadians who are it's done horrible. This. Horrible. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, so then the Pro Bowl is, is better than the NHL All-Star game. And then... I would go NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL. I'd probably go MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL. Um, just because, I mean, with like with the baseball one... There seems to be a little more. There is some strategy involved in it at yeah. some points. And basically, the other than pitchers not pitching full games, the integrity of the games there. It's not compromised because of lack of physicality. No, like nobody is like you know like how Jeremy Roenick one year wanted to wear a baseball cap during the All Star <laughs> game. Like none of that shit is happening. Yeah, that's a good point. Baseball is pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the end of the game actually means something, which is weird, but. The one thing they do have to get rid of at the is the the home run derby. I still kind of like it. Uh, maybe they just need to get Chris Berman off of there. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It just it they they it it takes a long time, and they're given I think too many chances. To, yeah, I I, I like know. it still. I this is the one year for whatever reason I missed it, but I still find it mildly entertaining. And. um yeah, but I but I do enjoy the NBA skills competition the most. You know, I I enjoy. Do they still do like the uh, like the point guard competition? With yep. the, the I like that, and sometimes the dunk competition is enjoyable. But there's potential for it to be amazing. Yes, it, sometimes it drags on too much. Sometimes there's a lot of. I mean, like when Chris Birdman Anderson, <laughs> hmm? Chris Birdman Anderson, when he played for the Hornets, <laughs> yes. You know, like uh, whoever's doing the commentating, you know, that actually affects the, uh, like, I think Kenny Smith. Yeah. Uh, he's, he wasn't good on it uh, when he when he was doing the, I guess, the play-by-play or the color of the, uh, of the dunk competition. It, it, it's crazy in my mind because if I was, let's say, producing or directing that show, I would go the opposite direction. I would ask them to be hypercritical of the dunks. 
Absolutely. And like comment on the nuance and like really say, oh, that doesn't compare to this and that. And you see what he did there? Not so crazy about that. Or at least have some subset of the judges who are that hyper analytic. Mm -hmm. But instead, it's all everything about it's amazing. That's the best dunk I've ever seen in my life. Not, well, I've seen better. And really just have have Chuck judge the whole thing. He's the only man you can trust. Terrible. He's the only man who you can trust. I think so. Love that. No, I, I think I'd like to see uh, Bill and Jalen do it. That'd be good. Yeah. I think yeah, they'd be really good at it, actually. Um, I, I still enjoy the three-point competition. I think that's fun. Yeah. Because it's I, fast. I love it. It's my favorite skills thing like, it's, out of any It's sport. never slow. It's never slow. And, um, and I don't even, like, you know, they do that. Do they still do the three-on-three thing? The th- with, three with ball, the, the hot spots, yeah. With no, we, yeah, with like no, like the uh, with the current player, the retired player, and the WNBA yes. player, they still do that. That's okay. Um, the celebrity game sometimes is fun, though. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, like the uh, the the festivities around the NBA All Star Game are better than any of the other sports. It, I think it's next year. It's in Toronto. Could be, but I I, I, I really want to try to go. I. Uh, we should go. I, uh, I, but I enjoy the the baseball game the most. Sure, I, I would say it's the best game too. Cool. There you go. All star breakdown. All star breakdown. I'm glad we got to fucking rip the NHL game because it was shit. I'm glad we got to rip the World Cup of hockey. That was also good because this shit as well, <laughs> and it bugs me. Let's do some sack time. Yeah. All right. So if you got a question for us or a comment, you can tweet us, balljunkpodcast at uh, gmail.com is our email address or at balljunkpodcast for our Twitter. Uh, you can send me a message, the gas man lives, or you can send Frank a message uh, at dirty Frank, three R's in dirty. All right. So the first question comes from uh, Peter. Um, he's from Perth, Australia. He's a big ice hockey fan. And don't really get a chance to watch your brilliant sport as much as I would like. Huge Flyers fan here. Frank, you suck when you rip on my beautiful Philly team. I like their jerseys. Yeah. Anyway, I was wondering if you'd hear anything about our obscure national sport, Australian Rules Football. You can find about uh, the National League. uh, Or I suggest looking up uh, Learn the Rules Guide on YouTube. Curious to see which team you guys would pick. Huge fan of film, game, and ball junk. Warm regards, Peter. I'm vaguely familiar with it. Yeah, they used to show it on TSN late at night sometimes or very early Sunday mornings. They'd show Aussie Rules football. And um, it was sometimes you'd see some pretty violent stuff because they don't exactly wear a lot of equipment. Um, it's kind of a – is it a cross between rugby and football? Like yeah, American I'd say football? it skews closer to uh, to rugby. Right. Uh, so no, I've, I've I've never really been uh, a, a big fan about it, and uh, you know I've watched it a little bit. What about you, Frank? I've barely watched it. I was just double checking to see if uh, Russell Crowe owned a Aussie Rules football team, and he doesn't, because no. that would have been my favorite. The, just the team that he yeah Noah he's Noah the greatest film of 2014. Of course, he's my favorite. Oh, really. You're still sticking with the Noah. It was really bad. No, it was really good. Oh my god! I don't know what my favorite movie. I, I think probably still Grand Budapest yeah. Hotel was my favorite movie of the year. I enjoyed that the most. I'm a Noah man. 
right. Noah takes about five rewatches until you really get it. Fair enough. <laughs> Here's a question from Kenny. Uh, this one's for me, but I suppose you can chime in. Uh, Greg, who are your top ten favorite pro wrestlers of all time? This took me a long time. So you prepped a list. I prepped a list. I, I, I couldn't really put it in order, so I just picked the ten wrestlers that I enjoyed watching the most. Okay, let me just do a quick... My the ones the first ones that come to my mind as being my favorites. Okay, and see how many end up on your list. Sure. Or just do three or four. No problem. All right. Uh, so again, in no particular order, except for probably the top three, I would say. Um, I got six. Sorry. All right. Uh, I got Randy Macho Man Savage. Yes, he's on my list. Oh, is he? I got Lance Storm. Don't know who that you is. Don't know where that is. <laughs> CM Punk. Absolutely not. Do you know who he is? Yes. Oh, you do. He's really good. Um, Davy Boy Smith. No bulldogs for me. I was a Killer Bees. Oh, he was on the Killer Bees, right? No. They hated the Killer Bees. Well, they didn't hate them. They were on. Rival. They, were, they both fought for the side of good in the eighties. Where are the uh, Rougeos? What? Any Rougeos on this no, list? No. Uh, Chris Jericho, uh, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. Um, even though he's a murderer, I thought Chris Benoit was an amazing <laughs> pro wrestler. I'm not talking about what they did on the outside of their life, but my top three would be Tom Billington, the Dynamite Kid, hmm. who was amazing. Uh, Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. I have Mr. Perfect. Loved him. And my all-time favorite pro wrestler has always been the hitman, Bret Hart. Really? So yeah. no rock? Nope. I, I should I add... Mean, like most of mine are definitely geared... From the 80s, um, except for like four. But uh, uh, I should add, uh, oh, who was I going to say? Shit. Oh, well, I can't remember. But I just realized my list skews so much towards intercontinental. Yeah, a lot, a lot of mine did too. So I had. The majority of mine did. The Hitman, Mr. Perfect, Macho Man, Ravishing Rick Rude. Good one. Honky Tonk Man, mm-hmm. and Jake the Snake. Nine of my ten held the Intercontinental title. Yeah. So it's weird. Yeah, those are the because nowadays I told you I briefly watch Royal, uh, Royal Rumble a bit, mm-hmm. and I was just when there's fights for Intercontinental belt, I'm like, who cares? It's the Intercontinental, Intercontinental belt. But in my own memories, well, they, those are all my favorite. They completely wrestlers. made that belt irrelevant. Um, it used to be like if you held the Intercontinental title, there's a good chance that your next step was going to be. For the heavyweight championship, you know, that was your progression. You know, when, when Savage won it, he moved on. You know, when Rick Rude and Mr. Perfect won it, they had little runs against Hulk Hogan. Um, when Shawn Michaels and Diesel and the Hitman held the Intercontinental, their next step was the world title. You know, so that's it meant something back then. Now it doesn't mean anything. Uh, maybe I should give honorable men. Oh, Stone Cold, I, I should add, and Dude Love Mankind Cactus Jack. <laughs> Dude. Pick. So there you go. Those are my, my favorite pro wrestlers. Both the British Bulldogs ended up in my top ten. I loved the Bulldogs. Probably my all-time favorite tag team. Mm. Maybe next to the New Age Outlaws. <laughs> I like Demolition. Well, they were good. Sure. Uh, all right. Here's a question from Brad. 
Uh, hey guys, love the show. In case you don't go into it already, this is actually a good question. Um, I was curious what you thought about the Des Bryant call. Because we haven't talked about this yet. I thought that since it was initially called a catch by the ref on the field after review, it should have stayed a catch. To reverse a call on the field, there has to be 100% irrefutable proof that the initial call was wrong. And to me, it wasn't 100% clear either way. So they should have deferred to the initial call. Here's what I'll say about Des Bryant. I mean, um, he made an unbelievable athletic play, which the referees didn't recognize as an athletic play. Agreed. Um, it's a shitty rule, but they made the right call. When I watched the re- when I watched it play out in real life, I was that's coming back for sure. The ball is on the ground by the time. Yeah, he- I mean, I, I thought so too. Um, then and I, when they showed the replay, and I was like, "Well, he took a lot of steps." Yeah, he stat- Well, he's leaning forward, yeah. trying to do too much. If it, I mean, I I don't like the rule. Everyone would say the same thing. If that. How can you make a rule? There's too much gray area yeah. if it's left to discretion. <laughs> but I mean, if anything, Cowboys fans should be maybe slightly mad at Des Bryant for, I mean, you're going to go down at the one yard line. Just make whatever you do, mm-hmm. get that ball. That's priority number one. Although for Detroit Lions fans, that was pretty sweet justice. Yeah, for sure. Because they kind of got F That as was well. ridiculous. I mean, the fact that they even announced the penalty and then picked up the flag and changed their minds, that's insane. I couldn't believe, just from my own perspective, how many holding calls I saw oh, yeah. the Cowboys. Yeah. That whole, not just that play or their winning drive, the whole game. And then, and then when they made that call, and then wasn't it Des Bryant that stormed onto yeah, the field? with his helmet off. He's on. He's on the offense, and the defense was on the field. And that oh, Chris Christie and that shameful. Oh yeah, awkward man hug. Just he's from, awful. He's from Jersey. Like, should he not be a Jets or a Giants fan? He wants to run for president. Oh my god, that guy's a dummy. He is a dummy. <laughs> that was that was awful. So um, we disagree with uh, Brad that they should have deferred to the initial call. Yes. Um, Sorry, Brad. Because the point of the replays is to get the call right. They got the call right, but it's a horrible, horrible rule. See, talk rule 2001. Yes. So there you go. Yes. Sorry, Brad. Here's a question from Ben. Hey, Ball Junk Crew. As a lifelong Colts fan and season ticket holder, I'm truly at a loss for how to think and feel about Deflategate. I'm not dumb enough to think it altered the outcome of the game, but still, I can't help but be infuriated by the whole situation. Have either of you experienced anything similar in your respective fanhood? Oh my God, so many times. I feel like <laughs> the, the whole world is against me. I, have, I think I probably have the longest list of anyone. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll do the highlights. All right. And Ben, you should feel ripped off. And it did matter. Okay. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It didn't matter, Ben. Not for your Colts. I'll go through a few, a few things just sure. for my favorite teams. Buffalo Sabres, foot in the crease. Loses, loses the Stanley Cup. That was a good goal. No. Good goal. <laughs> Next. Not as big circumstances. Baron Davis, Charlotte Hornets three-pointer buzzer beater to win the game. The ref waves it off. Waved it off. Generated instant replay in the NBA. Was in next season because of that call. So my, they won in overtime, so 
But it was the right call. The right call? Oh, yeah. No. Waved off. No. The right call. He waved it off on the basis that it's impossible to get a shot off that fast. <laughs> See Derek Fisher, point three. Waved off. Seconds. Uh, next. Which was one of the greatest baskets in the history of the NBA. The Raiders. My, I, I was a diehard. Not, well, diehard's a bit extreme. They were my favorite team. I liked them a lot. Snowball game. Mm-hmm. Tuck rule. Tuck rule. My heart was broken. Yep. So that I think that counts too. Right call was made though. Baseball. Orioles. Mm-hmm. That little shit reaching his hand out and stealing the home run. Oh, in New York? Yeah. Who is it? Who is it? Who is below him? It was Tony Tarasco. Tony Tarasco, right? Yeah. I've had more than my fair share of fuckovers <laughs> in my sports uh, life. Yeah, that little shit. That annoyed me. And then he's a hero. That, you know what makes him more? The New York, the fucking media center of the world, paints this kid as a. Just, oh my God. He was on Letterman. Seeing all that just made me want to vomit. Yeah. I did vomit repeatedly. What a joke. Um, I don't think I've ever really experienced anything like that other than the Tony Tarasco thing. Imagine if I was a Bills fan. You I'll are a Bills fan. No, during their run of like wide right. Yeah, but it's was, not, that's their own fault, essentially. But yeah. uh, Music City Miracle, all that stuff. Add the, all those on top of those. Oh, my God. I don't know if I could take it. But the Bills never got screwed on any of those things. Uh, they just shit no. the bed mm. in the four Super Bowls. Yeah, kind of. Next question. This one from Bob. Gentlemen, how disappointed in the Orioles offseason are you? How much do you blame the whole Dan Duquette, Toronto Blue Jays fiasco? Interesting that as soon as the door was shut on that, we signed two guys, avoided arbitration with two guys, <coughs> excuse me, and made a trade. I can't fucking believe. Not only did they sign fucking J.P. Aaron Sebia, they made a trade for goddamn Travis Snyder. These fucking shitty Blue Jays casts off. Yeah, that's not good. I, I, I mean, tra- Travis Snyder is going to play and... He's he's better than what they they would have had, and I I don't think Aaron Sieb is going to play a lot because Matt Weiders is back and he's healthy. But what the fuck? Yeah, I These mean, fucking Blue Jays losers. I ultimately have faith in Showalter. Oh, Buck is the greatest man who ever lived, right? Like that's what it all comes down to. Well, like, I, I a friend of mine's a Blue Jays fan, and he likes. You know, ripping on the Orioles, and I sent him a tweet, and I was like, "Like, how come you haven't mentioned this fucking Travis Snyder shit?" And uh, and he said, "I'm just waiting for Buck to run out of whatever pixie dust he used on Davis and Steve Pierce." Yeah, well, like that's what you that's what you're hoping for, right? Mm-hmm. Like these players, especially Aaron Sebi's last season as a Blue Jay, which was god awful. Oh yeah, horrendous. Somehow, Bucky. They become amazing. Yeah. Like, it would just be the best. I've got more hope that Travis Snyder will turn out to be a decent hitter. Um, well, he's not a shitty hitter, but, you know. Um, well, yeah. Who else did they lose, though? Cruz? Lost Cruz. They lost Marcakis. Marcakis, I always liked. I know oh, he yeah. was your favorite, right? Hmm? He was your favorite. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that Greek god. And, uh, yeah. Cruz, I don't know. He was awesome. He was. Yeah. 
A lot of I money. Don't, I don't think Delman Young's back either. A lot of money. He's, I, he's old. I would have been a lot happier had the money they not used to re-sign those guys went towards a really good starting pitcher. They didn't do that. But they did uh, get Bud back for a year. Yeah. It's all right. They signed Wade Flaherty. They got some young, good young players yeah. coming up. A lot of young pitchers coming up. Why can't so. I think of the guy who was amazing in the second half of the season who replaced Machado? I can't think of his name right now. I can't remember. I feel like a dummy. That's oh, well. Okay. Uh, can't wait for the 500th episode party of Ball Junk that ends with Reed getting pitching lessons. P.S. Greg, buy or sell Conor McGregor. Do you know who Conor McGregor is? He's an MMA fighter from Ireland. And he's, so. um, <laughs> he sells himself like, uh, like he cuts promos like Ric Flair. And he's amazing. Uh, like he's an unbelievable trash talker. And I fucking hate him for it. <laughs> like, I like, um, one of my favorite MMA guys is, is a German named Dennis Seaver. And they, they fought at the last, uh, big event. And like, he, he <laughs> called Seaver a Nazi and stuff. And then just, you know, he said he was going to knock him out within two minutes, but he ended up knocking him out in the second round, but just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and, but like, he talks a good game and he, and he backs it up and he's really, really entertaining to listen to. But uh, who's yeah. the other guy like that that was on off the record all the time? Chael Sonnen. Yeah. Uh, but the, this guy's he's he's good. I I, w- I would buy Conor McGregor stock. <laughs> Finally, <clears throat> this is uh, probably my favorite of the uh, hmm. sack time. You're glowing emails we got. Yes, <laughs> this is an email from uh, Matthew titled "The Champ Is Here." So I thought, oh, this maybe it's about John Cena. Hello, ball junkies. I am a friend of Frank's, fellow Bills season ticket holder, Habs fan, current current fantasy football champ. Okay. On an earlier episode, Frank was lamenting how his fantasy team was supposed to be good based on projections, but he kept losing. I think he might have also said my team was projected to be terrible, but kept winning. Well, on the back of an admittedly lucky pick of Odell Beckham Jr. in the last round of the draft, I managed to persevere and win the pool, standing first almost wire to wire. Now, Frank was talking a lot of trash before the season began, so after I won, I felt I had to return some of it. Frank acted like I was being a sore winner, even though anything he received was a direct reaction to what he initiated. This question is for the gas man. Can you, unlike Frank, dish it out and take it? (laughs) Go Bills. Go Habs. Signed, Bus. Q Frank rent evoking points for and against and other malarkey when fact is his shitty team cannot cash the checks that his mouth was writing. I think I want to make a championship belt akin to Rasheed Wallace's Roscoe belt that he had made when the Pistons won because Kobe Bryant was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, I can dish it out and yes, I can take it. Up until the last part, I was going to edit that out, but at least the last part was funny, so... Edit it out. That's awful. <laughs> <coughs> At least he brought up the the championship belt from. Oh show. yes, and that's really the only reason why the Lakers didn't forepeed because Kobe Bryant was terrible. Uh, funny, funny, funny stuff. So, um, you weren't happy with him uh, running his mouth after he won? No, I just don't care. <clears throat> I, I trash talk him because he cares, and this is his response. Right. Where I just don't care. I don't even think about it after So you didn't that. think he was being a sore winner? 
Not really. I, I think it's funnier to ignore them. I see. So you just uh it just yeah, I, I I can push buttons, you know what I mean? Right. That's all it's about. I couldn't care less. See, he's a Habs fan, which I like, but he's a Bills fan, which I don't like. But he sent a really hilarious email that made you look foolish. So I like this Matthew Gray. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> when I got this and I was reading it, I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh the end part is pretty good though. Is there a picture there? Uh, of Rashid Wallace holding the, the, the belt. That's pretty good. I totally forgot about that. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, bus. <laughs> so that was sack time. Thanks for all the emails, guys. That was really good. We got uh, some some quality, quality uh, sack time email. So you can always uh, send us that email. Balljunkpodcast.gmail.com Send us a tweet. Follow us on Twitter. Balljunkpodcast. At Dirty Frank, Three Hours and Dirty, or at The Gas Man Lives. We'd like to hear from all you guys and tell us what you like and don't like about the show. And uh, maybe we'll pay attention. Maybe we won't. We guess we'll see. Are you ready to take the gas pedal? Always. Are you super pumped about this? Yes. All right. I got to get myself in a position here. Ready? Gas pedal time. Goaltender Martin Berder has announced his retirement from the NHL. Is there an argument to be made that he is the greatest goaltender in history? No. Canadian tennis stars Milos Raonic and Jeannie Bouchard were both ousted from the Australian Open this week. Will either one win a Grand Slam this year? Uh, this year? I was going to say never. No. Never going to win. No. Kobe Bryant had season-ending so- shoulder surgery. Will he retire? No. Should he retire? Yes. You think he should not come back for one more year? Uh, he will be back at the beginning of next year. The Montreal Alouettes re-signed receiver SJ Special Delivery Green to a contract extension. <laughs> Was that a good move? Yes. Have you heard of SJ Green? No. Coach Doug Marone quit as head coach of oh, your how Buffalo do we not Bills talk about this? only to take an offensive line coaching job with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Did he just hate the weather in Western New York or is he just a fucking idiot? He is a gutless prick idiot. Wonderful. And finally, last Sunday at the 2015 Royal Rumble, Brock Lesnar defeated John Cena and Seth Rollins in the best three-way match in WWE history. Was that better than the three-way I had with Scarlett Johansson and Alyssa Milano? No. Wonderful. Thank you very much. That's the gas pedal. That's episode 13 of the Ball Junk Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Send us an email. Thanks for checking out. We'll see you next time. Boss! Awesome.